0: It is May 27th, 2023, and Henry Kissinger is still alive, and it is horrific that this dude is still living. You know, we gotta have a talk with, uh, about your
1: socialization. Is that how you respond to people when they say good morning to you? <laughs> <laughs> you should. That's exactly you know, what I, I do that, like him May 28th, 2023, Henry Kissinger is still alive. Here's my five bucks, Duncan <laughs> you Not <know>, Nuts person. <laughs> 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 Shit.
2: Welcome back to the Trilateral Troika. This is Steve, along with the other Steve. Hello, and Ryan.
0: Are we going to talk about how they locked the Animaniacs in the tower this episode?
2: We're going to get there. Yeah. It's, it's yes. coming up, Ryan. I promise.
1: Yes. In this episode of Jack <laughs> L. Warner Two, you can
2: you can enjoy your uh, your uh Shasta and. and and comfort knowing that the Animaniacs <laughs> are going to get um, locked in that water tower and then freed by the end of this episode. I'm going to sit here Moose and enjoy my Shasta. Hard Mountain Dew.
1: Pumple Moose Shasta is now my fucking uh, new character name in Netrunner. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Shadowrun. I do like that the Hard Mountain Dews, when they first came out, they are really hard to come by. And now they're just in that... um at they were, Well, they
1: only released them in Florida.
2: No, they were some other places too. Yeah, there there was no, it was Florida, no, wh- Tennessee, and somewhere else. Yeah,
1: was, yeah, but it was like a it was a very limited release.
0: So now I have it was like a special edition, but it's like hard Mountain Dew Baja Blast. Dude, you actually bought
1: that shit again?
0: No, 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 no I bought the
1: special I, edition.
0: Steve, oh Malibu Stacy has a new hat and <laughs> Ryan is here for it. I had to buy the DLC for the Baja Blast. It is a
2: serialized can. <laughs> Now it's hard baja blast pineapple so and
0: shit. Oh, it's dude, listen, it tickles all the lizard parts of my brain that just wants alcohol and like non-sugar but like sweet drinks. Like that well, it sugar.
1: got me, it got me pretty lit. But I would say that the extreme pain in my head that they gave me that wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs> Not as good. Well,
2: what you gotta do, Steve, is you gotta use real Mountain Dew and then like vodka, and then that way you're getting the <laughs> caffeine and the alcohol. No, then it's, you're mountain, getting it's Mountain Dew. It's real
1: Mountain Dew cuz Re- Mountain Dew is originally named after Mountain Dew, which is uh
0: moonshine. You got to use real Mountain Dew and Captain Morgan and it tastes just like cream soda.
1: Yeah, that's Captain Dew. Speaking you speaking to also- Jack Warner? <laughs> <laughs>
2: You know, if Jack Warner, well, he was alive when Mountain Dew was around, so I don't know if he mixed Mountain Dew and gin, but it's a it's a pretty good combo. Oh, it's disgusting. Um, what the fuck? Um, no, but,
1: no I'm, I bet that would that'd be pretty good, actually. It is. But uh, the thing about gin, uh, a, right? A buddy of mine. Like, I like the taste of gin, but uh, the thing about gin is that uh, it gives me this pain in my head, and that's not good. Uh, a, <laughs> is there a buddy- any alcohol
0: that doesn't give you a pain in your head?
1: Uh, most of it actually it's really just gin and uh hard mountain dew <laughs> <laughs> Steve's buddy did something twice and got well, we him off
2: I was I was going to say my uh my buddy he was a guy from Long Island that would come down for the fest in Gainesville I
0: already did. Um, oh.
2: he would uh he he'd turn me on to gin and mountain dew together and he just said that the uh, the gin berries you know they they complement the mountain dew pretty well
0: Daddies. He said compliment.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, he's yeah, from I Long Island. Guy?
1: Do I know this fucking guy? No.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So anyway,
2: um, so last time we began talking about Jack Warner, his his sort of humble beginnings. You know, the son of a um, of, of a Jewish cobbler from the uh, the Congress of Poland, the uh, the part of Poland that was controlled by Russia. Um, you know, escaping, you know, the persecution that Jews experience within um, Russia. Um, He comes uh, to the United States, goes to Canada, and then goes back to the United States. Um, And Jack Warner and his brothers get into the movie industry. Um, Initially, getting into running a theater and then into distribution and then going west to Hollywood to escape, you know, Thomas Edison and his um, octopus-like grasp on the film industry. Which is a lot of, like, why, you know, the American film industry is based out of Hollywood, is because everybody was trying to get as far away as they could from New Jersey, where Thomas Edison was, and, you know, that ended up being, you know, Los Angeles. Right. Hmm. Um, so, Jack Warner, you know, he runs the studio, um, he's kind of an asshole, um... (laughs) And um, even though, um, which will come back later on in the episode, even though he is a a Republican, um, he sort of embraces the New Deal um, and, and sort of like the uh, the spirit that comes with it. And he begins hiring sort of left-wing uh, screenwriters, um, which will definitely not come back. Uh, and this will go into uh, him being, you know, very um, anti-Nazi in the lead up to World War II being a Jew himself. Um, and then uh, Warner Brothers um, being the sort of uh, vehicle for these anti uh, German films before the United States entered into World War II. Um, and then they finally enter into World War II um, and they take the lead in that.
0: So is. Goddamn right. Is the Warner Brothers Studios then like the opposite of Disney? Because we all remember the Donald Duck cartoon that. This guy it with a fucking swastika armband with, like, pictures of Hitler in there. Although, well, yeah, I don't know if that was official Disney sanctioned, but it would well, not surprise me knowing who, you know, Walt was.
2: Well, that, that if you've actually seen that cartoon, is it's an anti-Nazi cartoon where Donald Duck has a, a nightmare where, where he's in, like, a, a Nazi-controlled world.
1: No way. This whole time I thought he was a fucking Nazi, bro.
0: I mean, honestly, I've never heard the whole part of it. Every time I've seen the clip, it's literally just a clip of him...
2: You know, it is stepping around. It, it's a post yeah. like America entering the war, like anti-Nazi propaganda cartoon. Uh, so, it, so it is I mean, anti-Nazi. I, I'm
1: aware of that, but like, like it, it's. I just, I've never seen it in the context. Ever. It's, it's
2: not the uh, the itchy and scratchy like the the creator when they say on The Simpsons is <laughs> his 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 cartoon like Nazi supermen are superiors.
1: <laughs> oh, no. That's gonna be the uh, title of this episode. By no oh my God.
2: <laughs> um, so after the United States enters into World War II, um, Jack Warner, like a lot of studio heads, he's commissioned as a lieutenant colonel in the U.S. Army Air Corps. Um, okay. This is pretty common. Like a lot of congressmen and senators, they get they get commissioned ranks. Like LBJ got a commissioned rank. Um, and in 1943. Um, Warner Brothers, uh, their film Casablanca, uh, wins the Academy Award for Best Picture. He is looking um, at you, kid. <laughs> so at at the Academy Award ceremony, uh, when the award is announced, uh, Halby uh, Wallace, the producer of the film, um, he gets up to accept, um, only to find that Jack Warner had, had rushed onto stage to, uh, to accept the award. And, and he says, quote-unquote... With a broad, uh, flashing smile and a look of great self-satisfaction to take the trophy, um, uh, Wallace later recalled. He said, I couldn't believe it was happening. Casablanca had been my creation. Jack had absolutely nothing to do with it. As the audience gasped, I tried to get out of the row of seats and into the aisle, but the entire Warner family sat blocking me. I had no alternative but to sit down again, humiliated and furious, Almost forty years later, I still haven't recovered from the shock.
0: Holy shit! Forty years, dude. Come on, let's 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 be realistic. What?
2: Why? I mean, like *Casablanca* is considered to be like one of the the greatest movies of all time, and and the fact that you were getting an award for it, and you okay, know, boomer, you're Bro, your have boss, you ever watched *Casablanca*? Yes, yeah, I have. <laughs> it sucks.
0: It's fucking awful. Just like uh, uh, *Citizen Kane*. Awful. Hey, listen, it's the sled. Rosebud is his fucking sled. There, I just saved you three hours. This is
2: this is the moment where the, the Dude, podcast I like,
0: can't leave I can't leave that in the podcast <laughs> yes, where the,
2: where the, where the <laughs> podcast cuts out and it plays like the uh, what what's that song <laughs> like the, the what Spanish the like uh,
1: what if I just the, like... the
2: lady from Impanita or whatever like the like yeah. the technical difficulties
1: if <laughs> <laughs> <Long laughs> we come back long Ryan's long gone <laughs> sorry
0: spoiler uh, alert for a movie that came out in what did it can't come out in 1940 something 50 something you know funny
1: is if i if i cut it out but then i like replace the end with just just me talking about how i wasn't gonna let you say the n-word that many times <laughs> <with one podcast. laughs> and then like i cut out you defending yourself so it was just silent
2: were <laughs> 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 oh you are you just spliced uh, together ryan talking like Jack like that, like, L, L Warner
0: is a <laughs> N word. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, dude. Technically, we have like 100 hundred, hundred episodes. There, we have enough of our voices on here that oh, I can really uh, through, totally through the magic of, of Chat GPT. Feed, We're all yeah, replaceable. Feed it all, feed it all in the Chat GPT.
1: We should. We should just do an episode where you pick a topic and then we just feed it in the Chat GPT and, and just do it on that.
2: And it does. It does the nope. voices like the uh, like the Jr. ones.
1: We hold a lot of power, Steve, here. I mean, nobody's checking our sources, you know? So, like, they're listening and going, yeah, I guess. Uh, this guy sounds official. I guess, <laughs> I guess Jack L. Warner was a mass murderer. I didn't know that. <laughs> this guy, Steve, uh, seems like he knows what he's talking about. I believe him. Said he killed a lot of heroes. Also, the sandwich. That's John yeah. McCain.
2: Yeah.
1: John McCain.
0: <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. Jo- John McCain didn't like a. He didn't meet a wife he didn't like. Um. So it, he also didn't woof. meet a
0: fucking aircraft he couldn't crash.
2: Um. Yeah, in <laughs> wow. in 1943 as well, um, Jack Warner, um, a- after being advised by President Roosevelt, um, he produces a a controversial film, which is an adaptation of a book called Mission to Moscow, um, and this was a film Place
1: Academy for. Yeah, <laughs> Mission to Moscow,
2: um, and this was a film that was meant to inspire public support of the alliance between the United States and the Soviet Union during World War II. Um, Later on, while testifying in front of the House of Un-American Activities, um, on October 27th, 1947, um, Jack would dismiss the allegations against him, um, saying uh, saying that the film was subversive, and he argued that Mission to Moscow was produced, quote-unquote, only to help a disparate uh, war effort and not for posterity. Um, after the film itself, which was not popular um, uh, under distribution, uh, the Republican National Committee accused him of producing, quote-unquote, New Deal propaganda. Okay. Um, and and also, too, Warner Brothers, as I mentioned uh, previously, um, they produced more pictures during the war than any other studio um, that, that covered... Um, the war itself being anti-Nazi and also covering every branch of the armed services. Um, they also were these,
0: produced. Were these like movies that were intended for the general public to get like morale for the war, or were these movies that were, excuse me, produced for like the troops? For
2: well, like, well like, they're produced for the no, public. U.S.O. shows, okay. because um, because U.S.O. shows at this time, it's all live. Ah, okay. Um and. The the studio would also produce patriotic musicals such as This Is the Army and Yankee Doodle Dandy.
0: Really? <laughs> okay. Alright. Different um, time. Different time.
2: After the war was over in nineteen forty seven, um, he would serve as a friendly witness for the HUAC uh committee. Um which is the HUAC? House of Un American Activities Committee.
1: I've never heard it referred to as the HUAC.
2: Yeah, yeah, HUAC is is generally how it's referred to uh, huh. as the acronym um, interesting and um, he would end uh, he would sort of led um, credence to the allegations of red infiltration of Hollywood um, he also would claim that uh, communists were responsible for a month long strike that occurred in the fall of 1946 um, there we go. and he would also provide the names of screenwriters um, who were dismissed of suspected communist sympathies um, which would effectively like destroy these guys' careers. Um these included um Alva Bessie, yeah. Howard Koch, Ring Lardner Jr., John like how Howard Watson. Kind of oh, you
1: just skim right past that name, Howard Who? <laughs> I know, Ray Bessie? What?
2: <laughs> Howard Cock
1: fucking <laughs> name It's
2: C-A-U-L-K. It's K O C H like the uh Yeah like wow, the big money Nazis.
0: They say well, they call it Coke. Yeah, they know? say the Coke we, brothers all the time, but they're I, Coke brothers. I, I, I don't know if they're just trying to church it up though. Like Joe DiMaggio. I think they're no. They're definitely the Cock brothers. <laughs> uh, well, I'm sorry. Cock well, uh, the brother. brother. Sorry. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's right. John because Howard of, Lawson, one of,
2: Albert one Maltz. Of them had there. One of them is resting one, in
0: piss. So.
1: One of them had one too many curses.
2: Uh, Robert Rosen, um, the famous Dalton Trumbo, Clifford Odets, and Irwin Dalton Shaw. Dalton
1: Trumbo.
0: Those are all excellent what? forum names, bro. Do not steal.
1: Yeah, I know, right? Like Dalton Trumbo 229. Harold Cock. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm changing my uh, something awful forum name.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, a biographer of Warner would claim uh, that Warner was, quote-unquote, uh, was furious when Humphrey Bogart, Warren Bacall, Paul Henreid, and John, John Huston uh, joined other members of the Stellar Committee for the First Amendment in a fight uh, in a fight to Washington to preach against the threat of free uh, threat to free expression.
0: Uh, are we going to get to the part where Jack Warner uh, hires nothing but Caucasian actors? Doesn't matter the the ethnicity of the character they're playing. I are we going to get to that part?
2: <laughs> well. Part of that is, by this point, um, you, you can't really make that argument against him because it is literal law at this point that you can't have interracial relations on film.
0: Wait a minute. Relations? Like, actually, like, like, uh, like, husband, wife, or just well, like, you just can't have black
2: people. Well, you front? couldn't you couldn't have like a person of color kissing like a white person.
0: I'm not saying it's okay. Like I understand.
2: No, but, but I'm saying what I'm like, saying that's that's is legally, in, legally in the United States at that time, like you could not depict, right, like an interracial like kiss in film.
0: So uh, they would yeah. just hire instead Caucasian actors. Yeah, and they be would. Like, hey, the, you are going to be Japanese for the for the purpose of this movie.
2: That that's why, like for instance, like in in the the Good Earth, like the the leading actors in it were white people wearing yellow face. And it yeah. was because they're just like, Well, we have to have a leading a leading man or whatever and they they didn't want to hire just exclusively like relatively unknown like Chinese actors or Asian actors. So they're like, Well, we need we need a big name, so we're gonna use a white person and so we're gonna just put up in Yellowface or whatever. Which is even worse for that movie. But but for a lot of other things it was just like you couldn't you couldn't depict that by law because of the Hayes Code. That's insane. Oh, um, and a, and a historian, uh, Lester D. Friedman, though noted that that uh, Warner's uh, sort of response to the HUAC hearings was very similar to other Jewish studio heads because they they feared because remember in World War II the Nazis said that like communism was like a Jewish plot and that they closely associated uh, communism with uh, with Judaism, like the two went hand in hand. That that that's communism. A fucking, <laughs> that's a fucking leap. <laughs> but. But they, but, but remember, we're only like we're like five years away from like Hitler saying that like all communists are Jews, and this is like right. a popular sentiment among like right. among like people on the right that like Judaism and communism walk hand in hand. That Jack Warner felt uh, uh, that he possibly might have felt that a that Jewish people were being associated with communism, and he wanted to like get as far away from that as he could. Though, But obviously, there is the financial incentive that he wants to destroy, like, the careers of the people in his studio who want to, like, unionize and organize and get better treatment.
0: Right. I can just hear all the Jewish small business owners who are like, communist, communist, I'll give you a communist. You come over to out of my store. Listen, that's the most insulting thing. Can you imagine that just sitting there and just being your entire your entire group of people just be like, they're all communists. It's like looking at it's, one another, like what the fuck? What did he just well, call us? Yeah. We have to, uh, like,
2: what the fuck? We have to remember this goes into like anti-Semitism and that just like the right, whole, right. the quote-unquote, like today, like people who talk about George Soros, and it's just like this this plot by by an element of society, in this instance, Jews, to destabilize the wider order to create their sort of like control of everything, and like the Nazis constantly talked about this, like they'd have propaganda film trying to do. From like World War Two, where they're just like, "Oh, our boys have like captured like when Barbarossa was going on." I remember watching a propaganda film in my uh, my Russian history class, and they were just talking about like, "Oh, we captured these these Russians, and here are their Jewish commissars who who give them their orders." And and they're talking about how like what? the this, how the Slavs are like this like Neanderthal like race and that the, the the Jews are, like, controlling them. And this is like...
0: Do you want to know what it just had a, this vivid image of? Is the way you just described that makes it sound like every time, like, they got, like, a unit or whatever, they would look at the commanders and be like, oh, look at the Jews we just caught, right? They're Jewish commanders or whatever the fuck, right? That immediately makes me think, fast forward to 2023, and you have a certain uh, subset of the population who calls everything, like a certain like either woke or they call everything communist or everything is a fucking like it's it's oh my god it's like a like a like a brain synapse just fried because it's the exact same thing you know just 80 years later just coming up
1: like (laughs) it's just dog whistles again man it's all yeah that's I just The way it you describe that, new. though, is like, they've I've just, just been... Ne- they've th- been doing it forever. They've been doing it for the entire time you've been alive that part. What's what's also right. the fact, I, that's too... something
0: I've never heard of before, where they're like, oh, you look never at heard this, like, they Jewish commanders anti,
1: like, casual anti-Semitism? Well, what's no, no, also no, I don't
0: mean that. I just mean calling these people just Jews. Look at the Jews. Just just kind of flippantly uh, Jews. See, they're I not grew really Jews. You're just using it so much at the world I grew up in the Northeast, and people said that shit all the time. No, like I, I mean, I did too, but I don't mean it like that. Okay, just continue.
2: <laughs> um, in the late 1940s, uh, Warner, uh, he grudgingly uh, responded to the uh, the popularity of television. Um, mm. and initially, he tried to compete with it by having like new gimmicks in, in films such as like 3D films. Um, nice. but these weren't very popular. Just 3D like- films just in just the like 40s? In, uh, yeah in the the late 40s early 50s it's like the golden age of uh of like 3D film
0: 40 the 1940s and 1950s it was the golden age of 3D films
2: Yeah where you have to wear the glasses with the uh the the blue and red lens Yeah I didn't even know that, that was a thing back then yeah. yeah.
1: you've never seen you've never seen well, I guess yeah, that that is definitely shocking.
2: It's I not it's not until the it's not until the 60s that they developed the technology where they can it film it with one camera. Uh-huh. Um during during like the 40s and 50s they have to film it actually with two cameras.
0: For some reason, right. I guess I thought that those 3D specs and all that kind of came into prominence in the 70s, late
2: 60s, early 70s, I guess. No, by the 1970s, like, 3D film is dead. It doesn't come back until, like, what? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. Um, so in 1954, uh, he finally uh, has Warner Brothers engage with television, and he has a ABC weekly show, uh, Warner Brothers Presents. Um, they also create such uh, shows as Western drama, such as Maverick, Bronco, and Cult 45. Two zigzags? <laughs>
0: Cult 45. Were these just, like, Western? You said these were just Westerns?
2: Yeah, because that's, like, the big thing that's on TV at that time in the 50s. Maverick, Bronco, and would you, like, Cult 45? I'm not familiar with uh, Bronco and Cult 45, but I am familiar with Maverick.
0: Have you watched Maverick? yeah.
2: Is it worth your time?
0: Um, I'd
2: say it's all right.
0: It's okay. Yeah, you ever, you ever seen the movie? Top Gun? It was
1: great. No, Maverick. Oh, no, I haven't.
2: Because that Tom was, um, who, who we're going to talk about next was, uh, I believe, James Garner was the, the star James of Maverick. Garner was,
1: James Garner was the original Maverick. Yeah. yeah it's Tom and Cruise. then in the movie, no, it's not. It's Tom Cruise, it's Top G- Gun Maverick.
2: Mel, Mel Gibson was <laughs> the, Gibson. the star of the <laughs> film Maverick. No.
1: Mel Gibson, and then uh, James Garner was his dad in that so like James Garner was Ma- the original
0: Maverick, but, and then he was Maverick's dad. But, so this is all way obviously way before that piece of shit John Wayne, right?
2: This is uh, like after John Wayne. is,
1: like after. after John yeah. Wayne, this is like this Wayne is like during
2: a- like John Wayne's like heyday. Like John really? John Wayne's been around since like the 30s and 40s, and like really? the 50s is when his like star peaks. Um, but uh, Jack Warner, he's used to like dealing with uh, movie actors in a heavy-handed way, um, and he uh. He provokes a lot of hostility from from emerging new actors like James Garner, um, who would sue Warner Brothers uh, over a contract dispute. Uh oh. Um, and and Jack Warner, who's angered by this, uh, what he perceives as ingratitude from television actors, um, who are who are showing like more independence than film actors, um, that that he begins to have a greater hatred of television. Okay. All um right. and uh. And, and soon after this as well, he makes his son, Jack Jr., head of the company's new television department.
0: Jack Jr. Jr. I want to get to the cartoons, man, because those are old as
2: fuck. So, like, oh, you that. We'll, we'll, we're, we're getting to them. Said,
0: like,
1: the way you said that was like kind of like what you would say to your parents when they were watching TV. <laughs> <Just saying laughs> let's get to the good. Come on, come fast come forward on. to the good shit. It's like come you're saying that to Steve. Dad, can we please get to the
0: cartoons already? <laughs> Listen, because I grew up on Warner Brothers cartoons. Like that opening theme, that uh, like that shit was yeah. my childhood. Like if I go on YouTube right now, I'll pull up a twenty four hour stream nah, nah, and I'll just nah, have nah, it nah, running don't, 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 in the background don't, 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 because right? the, the, like those cartoons were like dude, that's my like childhood.
1: every mass murderer in like eighties movies, <laughs> you know? Oh my god, stop! Just sitting in like a fucking just a. An uh, uh, old, like, like taxi driver-esque hotel room. <laughs> with, uh- <laughs> With the heroin strapper on your arm and you're just about to light up before you, you turn on a computer, because this is like a shadow punk, like or like a shadow run kind of thing. So I rabbit season, duck season, yeah. <laughs> is in the, in the background? background. Yeah, in the background all you hear is rabbit season, duck season. And then you you pull out a punt gun and go
2: rabbit season. <laughs> Listen, it's, just,
0: it's old school Looney Tunes are like just something it's just I like having if I just need noise in the background. Like that's kind I don't like blame how,
1: you. Know. It, everyone's got their comfort uh show you know for me it's like the office but uh seinfeld those shows yeah those so i could have the, I, the simpsons can suck and i'll i'll still have it on i don't give a shit i can yeah the simpsons on it's on all good for day background noise absolutely all day could just watch it all day yeah it's it's not like serious like a like, like war- investing the plot it's like, of it's like of the a fucking looney tunes watching <laughs> it's like a warm hug no you're you not invested. invested in it
2: You're not invested, but you think Bugs Bunny is definitely talking to you in that scene.
1: (laughs) He's wait, he's not,
2: Um, Ryan. But uh, but uh, Jack, uh, he doesn't show a lot of foresight in like sort of like how popular the cartoons Warner Brothers will be making. Um, he and and they're often described uh, characters such as Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, and Porky Pig. Um, were often described as uh, stepchildren at Warner Brothers. Uh, a oh, biographer, what? Bob Oof, Thomas, painful. wrote uh, Jack Warner considered cartoons. No, Bob nope. Thomas, Bob Thomas, okay, not not Bob so, so Thomas of so Max Buck twenty.
0: It is Rob Thomas. <laughs> unnecessarily, by the way, just unnecessarily, Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, and Porky Pig catching strays there for no fucking reason, bro. These guys were bringing in money, and they were yeah, they were they were,
2: they were stars. <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> We're stars um jack Warner you know we we have an entire word for walking around with just a shirt on and no no pants or underwear it's called porky Pig in it <laughs> god damn it
1: porky Piggin. <laughs> uh well uh son of a be 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 gun that was one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. I think that, poor, have you guys ever seen, like, the Porky Pig outtake where he's like, uh, Son of a beep, 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 son of a beep, beep, son of a yeah. beep, 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 gun. Yeah. <laughs> you thought I was going to say son of a bitch, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, dude, I forget, it was on this, like, old VHS at my buddy's house. We were, oh, it was God. awesome. It was just, like, all those outtakes. <laughs> so good.
2: Uh, buyer for Bob Thomas wrote, Jack Warner considered cartoons no so more... smooth an extraneous service provided to exhibitors who wanted a full program for their customers. What? What? Um, In 1953, during uh, a meeting between the Warners and the the studio's uh, cartoon department, which was rare, uh, Jack confessed that he didn't, uh, quote-unquote, even know what the hell the cartoon studio is. And Harry Warner, his brother, added, The only thing I know is that we make Mickey Mouse.
0: Um, um, which is which is <laughs> obviously not, sued.
2: <laughs> not their not their their property. It is the property of the Walt Disney Corporation.
0: Oh, I'm so glad fucking Walt Disney wasn't as powerful back then as it is today. They and, just sued him into like the core of the earth,
2: <laughs> and and several years later, uh, Jack sold all 400 Warner Brothers uh, cartoons made before 1948 for three thousand dollars a piece.
0: Oh. As wait, Thomas, so, as, okay, wait, so, 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 okay, so <sighs> that means that the rights to things like Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Porky Pig, all the, okay, the rights to these things were sold at three thousand dollars each.
2: Yeah, they they were not in per uh, in perpetuity, um, but um, That's as Thomas, nauseous, as as Thomas would later note, uh, they have censored millions, but not for Warner Brothers.
0: Uh, yeah. You no know, shit. I'm telling you, that makes me. Not, that's like Bro, selling this, a Pokemon card for like ten bucks back in the day. and Now you look today, it's like, oh, that thing's worth sixteen thousand Yeah, I got
2: $1. my, I'm I got sick. my Shadowless Charizard foil. I'm gonna sell this bad boy for ten bucks. You know, I, I didn't get as much as I wanted, to get the but new,
0: the new Zelda Tears of the
2: Kingdom.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you right now, if I and my brother will attest to this, if I had the binder that I had as a kid full of Pokemon cards, if I still had that. That is a four-year college tuition. Just probably, in probably. Cards. especially two,
1: like two and a half years ago, I think it was like really high. Yeah, yeah I, it
0: was at its peak? Like I,
1: I could have like put when, somebody when from Logan Paul cash. was buying Pokemon. Yeah, cards.
2: it's it's artificially inflated a lot of it, but it yeah. it got really high, and it it still is pretty high. But it was really high a couple yeah. of years ago,
0: and I mean, even if it's artificially inflated, there's still people good that are just going to be like, all right, fuck it, take my cards, give me the money.
1: Well, when we become a communist like dystopia, <laughs> and your Charizard is my Charizard,
0: and my trading, Pikachu
1: is your Pikachu. Trading card games become localized currencies. <laughs> that's a that's a story idea I had.
2: It's I like finished. it's like the the bone music of the Soviet Union, where they would take like old X rays and have them pressed into uh, vinyl records. Wait, yeah, what? Yeah, there was like a thing because in in the Soviet Union, there were these booths that were set up for uh, soldiers in the Red Army that if they wanted to send a message home to their family, they could um, they could like speak into a microphone and it would press it on to vinyl and create a vinyl record that they could send home. And what people would do was they they would essentially like bring uh, like something that would have like, say, like the Beatles or something on it and that could play it on a speaker, mm-hmm. they'd play the speaker into the microphone, and the microphone would then record, you know, making a copy of the Beatles song onto like a vinyl uh, record and since they didn't have anything really to use they would use like old x-rays so it came to be called like bone music because it was on, you know, x-rays of people's bones
0: Oh, that's pretty cool.
1: I like that Yeah, That's, that's, a, pre- that's yeah. metal as fuck I want but, yeah. my final words on a bone music uh, okay. They're going to be weird though, you know.
0: <laughs>
1: I'll you know, take the extra side. Yeah. Super size. I'm, I'm
2: just going to take it cuz you know Steve was Steve knew he was on the way out, but some of the things he said, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't say those things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, uh, why, my was so dreams. About,
1: why was he so mad about George Soros anyway? <laughs> George Soros is still alive. He's like 156. Yeah, I don't know if I... He's like the out guy like, emperor.
2: He's just I, uh, like plugged into I, some chair somewhere, not yeah. even moving.
0: I don't know if I brought this up <laughs> before, but a friend of mine and I had a joke one day that we were talking about if LeBron James we to go to some, like, make a kid's funeral. Or not funeral, but, like, in the hospital. Like, the kid says, hey, I want to meet LeBron James. Can I meet him? And they say, all right. And they set up the meeting. And LeBron comes in, and he's got, like, you know, his whole press team. You know, all the people taking pictures. The hospital administration's there. And the kid's like, yeah, I just want to meet LeBron James. I just, I just want to talk to him real quick. And he's like, LeBron shows up, and the kid's the kid's weak. Okay, he's in the bed. He's, he's very clearly, you know, frail. He's on the cusp of death. Hold on, LeBron, let me get is, some more popcorn. Le- Le- LeBron is very much, you know, understanding. You know, he, he, he <laughs> comes to the movie. kid's bedside. It's right?
1: a really long fucking movie.
0: He's talking to the kid, and, it, you know, it's clear that the kid doesn't have much time left, and he just, you know, the kid looks at him, and he appreciates that LeBron's there, and he just tells him, hey, listen, before I go,
2: <clears throat> the only thing I want to tell you is you're overrated. overrated. Beep! And he, then just he, dies. <laughs> then he just gives him a just gives him a hard elbow to the face as he like turns to, to make a free throw.
1: LeBron never no, dies because whenever we, he dies, he just pretends he got fouled and it appeals to the
0: ref. Bro, listen, we use <laughs> listen, we would be in tears the laughing about that. It'd be like the kid'd be like, come on, come closer. Closer. I think you travel uh, too much. Are, I
1: think, you know, uh just to make it a little bit more normal after that, uh, I think that people uh, they undersell LeBron James. I think he is the goat now. That's my opinion. I mean, it, you right. can't really be the goat and get swept, I guess. But all right, yeah. You know, he doesn't have he doesn't have anybody around him. You here, know?
2: Years ago, I described him as a Terminator robot that's just programmed to play basketball, and it's still true.
1: Yeah, he's never gonna he's never gonna stop. He's in perfect shape. He could keep playing for. He had forty points in one game. Like he's not. He's good.
0: I mean Tom Brady was like 40 something and he was still putting up points it doesn't mean he should be. Much
1: playing. much different sport too. I, more I, quarterback is the probably the one yeah, position it's, in the league that you could play into 40s because you take a minimum of fucking hits. Uh it's more mental than it is physical and it's really just all about keeping and, that. And and
2: I will safe, I know. will say this as someone I'm not who,
1: saying it's easy.
2: No, it, no, yeah, but yeah, I will I will say this that Tom Brady was protected by the greatest offensive line that ever existed yes, in NFL history. Yes, he and, was. And sort of describing him as like, oh, talking about Tom Brady's longevity. It's like, of course he had longevity. Like you'd have you'd have longevity if you just lived in a coffin. Made of titanium, covered in Teflon. Like that's the equivalent of Tom
1: Brady. <laughs> I like how you covered it in Teflon, so there could be guys that are just like
0: comically slipping off as they attack it. Well, <laughs> if if you're fr- if you're protected by literally over a thousand pounds of just human meat,
2: I mean, yeah, you're gonna have a long career.
0: <laughs> Who <laughs> are you describing?
2: We need to finally admit His that Gronk from- is that's the Iron true, maker. Ryan,
1: because because sumo wrestlers don't have long
2: careers. <laughs> Ryan, we need to admit that, that Gronk is the kingmaker. That, that Gronk was the one that... Injured. If it
1: wasn't for me, Gronk, Rob Gronkowski, then Tom Brady would not be as good. I'm Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the Gronkowski Minute. I'm going to go try to get stolen valor so I can get USAA insurance. Gronk out. <laughs>
0: Oh, God. I'm going to go. I'm going to go go beer, bong, a calypso, gronk out. I don't know what my favorite thing about the Patriots is. The fact that apparently Bill Belichick loves recruiting from the Gators and was like recruited how many of those players from like that really dark time in Florida's history (laughs) with Urban Meyer coaching and like 37 felons uh, on the team. (laughs) Give me
1: some of these boys that kill other people. (laughs) I I want them on my violence ball team. You you say that, they
2: were like one of – like one of the best like ncaa teams during that time yeah. period like yeah no, no, yeah because like, they were fucking running down the field with pistols in their waistband pulling their shirt
0: up being like i dare you to tackle me
1: yeah you're telling me these boys have you tell me these boys committed multiple crimes and felonies i want them for my violence ball squad
0: why listen it was like it was like the, the the wild swing of like the aaron hernandez like literally like putting people in chokeholds on the field and tim tebow like you ever preaching seen the to the other about sideline <laughs>
2: about aaron hernandez
1: it's it's pretty crazy. His but life was fucked up. Yeah, Bill
2: that's wild. Bill Belichick comes onto the field and he has one of those Latin King hoodies that has like the cry- oh,
1: <laughs> Yeah, he just comes out and says Amo de Ray and just fucking Yeah,
0: he so starts like fucking stacking throwing up gang signs on the side of the field.
1: Yeah, he he Cholo walks or not Cholo walks is it Cholo walk no Crip walk Yeah,
2: because
1: Cholo they have that, like, Cholo, cholo stepping. Yeah, Cholo stepping. That's yeah, it Yeah.
2: 12 um,
0: step in Kripwalking.
2: In in February of nineteen fifty six, uh Jack's relationship with Harry, his brother, um begins to uh worsen. Um because Harry learns that Jack has decided to sell Warner Brothers pre 1950 films uh to Associated Artist Productions, which will eventually be called Mother United Artists Television for the modest sum of twenty one million dollars. That's uh, not
1: bad. Harry would say Wait, what this year is this?
2: Nineteen fifty six.
1: Yeah, so that's the equivalent of four but,
0: billion. Because
2: okay. you have to, you have to remember too that Warner Brothers is very prolific during that I'm real period. I'm
0: good at math. They're still prolific. Like so, Warner Brothers is like the movie studio. Like you would be hard to press if you okay. Look at, if you interviewed hundred people, but they're they're Warner
2: not Brothers? they're not Hammer Films level, but they're but they're up there. Hammer like, Films because Hammer Hammer Films was the or not Hammer. Um, I was about to say the is, Films. Canon Films, Hammer. yeah. Yeah. Hammer, Hammer is the old uh, like British like horror line, which they did produce a lot of films. Uh, but Canon is generally considered to be the one that started Hollywood and and like sort of the eighties and nineties on their movie production streak, because Canon films would put out like six seven movies a year, which is like three to four times as many as like most studios would put out in a year. Right. Um. So, he's um. He says of this like this is our heritage. We work for all our lives to create, and now it is gone. Um, and uh, this would widen later that year in July of 1956. Jack, Carey, and Albert announced that they were putting Warner Brothers on the market. Um, Jack, uh, despite uh, announcing, you know, that they were going to sell off Warner Brothers, is secretly organizing a syndicate uh, to purchase control of the company. Um, at the time, uh, uh, by the time that uh, Harry and Albert are able to learn what Jack is doing, it's too late for them to act upon it. So Jack, as the company's largest stockholder, appoints himself as the new company president. Um,
0: that was fucking. That was a, Ooh, that was a move. That uh, was a fucking move to to, to have a syndicate buy the company instead of yourself, and then just be like, oh well, I'm the majority shareholder. Look at that. Oh, whoops, I'm the president. <laughs> Get fucked. Like, that's Jesus. wild. That was, that's
2: 4D chess. <laughs> and, and shortly after this deal closes, he announces that the company and subsidiaries would be, quote unquote, directed more vigorously to the acquisition of the most important story properties, talents, and to the production of the finest mos- uh, motion pictures possible.
0: The finest motion pictures. I want Tommy Boy. I want Black Sheep. I want Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles back from the ooze. The finest of the fine motion pictures.
2: Yep. I have one. I have. Two, I have three words for you. Go ninja. Go ninja. Four words. Go, ninja, go That's ninja. Five words. I think. Five words. Yeah.
1: I have three. I have five words for you. We need better math education. Yeah.
2: I, I do the. All right. Do, all right, Marjorie
1: Taylor Greene. I need you to have a seat. Yeah, I'm going to need decorum in the house. Oh. I do.
2: I do the uh the, the history of the world, you know, Moses, like I have 15 commandments. I have 10 commandments.
0: <laughs> 10 is just Got such it. a nice number though, you know. Have you, have you seen
1: Tim uh is it uh what's his name? Um uh, John Cleese like are getting like in fights with uh Timothy Idol? Tim Idol? What's his name? Eric Idol.
2: Eric Idol, yeah.
1: On like Billy, fucking Billy Twitter? Idol? Yeah, Billy Idol. Yeah, he <laughs> fucking hates Billy Idol. <laughs> John Cleese especially hates Billy Idol. <laughs> I just didn't get it. <laughs> I'm Ron Gotkowski and I yeah, this love is Billy good Idol. John I'm not gonna lie, you know, pretty. Good. <laughs> um, Billy Idol's great.
2: <laughs> um, so, so Jack and Harry had always had a, a tumultuous relationship, as a lot of brothers do, um, and that. Uh, and that uh, studio employees had claimed that they had they had seen previously uh, Harry chase Jack through the studio with a lead pipe, shouting, I'll get you for this, you son of a bitch, and threatening to oh. kill him. Wow. God damn, um, damn but, dude,
0: that's, what the fuck? With the lead pipe, was he playing Clue?
2: <laughs> yep. yep. It was in Harry conservatory. in the
0: studio with the lead pipe.
1: Anyone else ask their mom what a conservatory was? (laughs) No. (laughs) There was a picture of it on the board, man. That didn't
0: help. What do you mean? I was was like six when I learned how to play Clue. Oh, well, that doesn't count then. You're six. I was like, ah, okay.
2: Um, But uh, this sort of event that goes on with, you know, Jack secretly, like, buying out the company, this is too much for Harry, and Harry would never speak to Jack again. Uh, when wow. Harry died on July 27th, 1958, uh, Jack did not attend the funeral, and he departed for his annual vacation to uh, uh, Cape Antibes. Um, when he was asked to respond wow. to his brother's death, he said, I didn't give a shit about Harry. Um, at the same wow. time, Jack took pride in the fact that uh, then-President Dwight D. Eisenhower sent him a letter of condolence. Jesus. Um, in the yes. late, whew,
0: okay,
2: in the late 1950s, uh, Jack would also almost be killed in a car accident that left him in a coma for several days. On August 5th, 1958, after an evening of baccarat at the Palm Beach Casino in Cannes, his Alfa uh, Alfa uh, Romeo uh, Roadster uh, swerved into the path of a coal truck. About
1: the only Alfa thing in this whole sentence. Good God. <laughs>
2: Uh, swerved into the path of a coal truck on a stretch of road located near the seaside villa of, of Prince Ali Khan. Um, Warner was thrown from the car uh, which burst into flames upon impact. Um, uh,
0: were seatbelts invented in
2: 1958? They were they were not common until the 70s. Do you yeah. think
0: Alfa Romeo would have had a seatbelt in that car? They Probably had, not. Uh, Probably not? Okay. I mean, Jack, yeah. Warner does not sound it like was, the kind of uh, guy that would wear a seatbelt anyway. Uh, La
1: cintura di macchina. <laughs> 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 the belt of the I seat. The belt of the car. Think, uh,
0: Jack Warner gives you the kind of uh, seatbelts are gay
1: vibes that he wouldn't wear it anyway. That was actually his main goal in life, was to let everyone know that seatbelts were homosexual. What <laughs> the <laughs> yeah. fuck are you talking about? <laughs> he made a number
2: of movies where he made sure Hi, that the I'm actor Jack said Warner. that.
1: And I'm glad you stayed for our whole show And now that you're here at the end You'll get the new real history of seatbelts
0: Hi everyone Is it it manly to dying in a car accident Is it manly to do that now
2: (laughs) Hi everyone I'm Paul Newman And I want to tell you that if if you wear a seatbelt It'll probably kill you or take your arm So you might as well not wear one They're also gay
0: (laughs) What the fuck It could turn you into (laughs) one of those Like that tight camera shot Homosexuals. (laughs) Homosexuals, <laughs> my God! I seriously have uh, seen like bumper stickers, uh, like anti seatbelt bumper stickers.
1: Yeah, because like, what are you doing? Oh, I, it, I, I knew. Fucking ridiculous. Like, I, I know,
2: I know, two brothers who were anti seatbelt, and they always had the argument of like, well, i would rather die than like." Be an accident where like my arm gets taken off by a seatbelt, and it was like yeah, not a
1: that's, fucking, that's, you're fucking that's, that's stupid. Thing. <laughs> I worked with a girl who, who told me this story about someone who got decapitated by the seatbelt, right? And uh, and I was just sitting with her, and I was just like,
0: that never fucking happened. That didn't happen. Sorry, didn't happen. Like,
2: yeah, you just do the Adam liar. Sandler, like, no, no, it didn't.
0: No, nah, it didn't. I don't. I don't think it did. I'm sorry. Did she did she sew razor blades into her shoulder strap? Yeah. Okay, maybe. Yeah, she Boy. was a professional wrestler. <laughs> anyway, speaking of Jack L. Warner. The razor um, blades rise to the top. Yeah,
2: I just I just wanted the paramedics to know that I took a serious bump so I make sure to bleed. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I, so I cut myself, you know. I blade <laughs> I after the accident. Um, Listen, I love
0: Macho Man. We cannot. Oh, God. Rest in peace, man. I can't. I I used to be able to do a good one. It's it's a little brother, kind of hard. You gotta I hit it. You gotta to, hit it. Deep but and you gotta hit it like
1: gravity. rises to the top. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> lovely Miss Elizabeth. You've
1: really got to get me going. And the lovely unjustifiably in a position. No, I can't. It starts to turn into John Travolta when I get louder.
2: Um, but but after uh, Jack Senior's accident. Uh, Jack Jr. joins other family members in France, uh, where the where uh, Jack Senior is hospitalized. Um, in an interview with reporters, Jack Jr. suggested that his father was dying. Um, then, during a visit to uh, his father's room, uh, the young man offered Anne, whom he um, uh, he, he sort of approaches um, his or, or I should say he offended, um, Anne, who is his. Um, his father's second wife, like not his mother, the one that his, that his father left his mother for.
0: Okay.
2: Um, when Warner regained, uh, consciousness, he was enraged by the, uh, by the reports of his, uh, of Jack Jr.'s behavior. Um, and, um, there what little of a relationship they had came to an end. Um, on December 30th, 1958, uh, Jack Jr. was informed by the attorneys of, uh, Jack Senior, uh, Arnold Grant, that um, that Jack had released him from the company. Oh shit! <laughs> when, when he when he attempted, to I want you re- out of here. say when he when he attempted to go to work, the studio guards uh, prevented him from entering. Um, Jack Senior and Jack Junior would never reconcile um, during wow. uh, Jack Senior's life, and Jack Junior is not mentioned in his father's 1964 autobiography. No. Wow. God. Um, Jack Jr. as well, or I should say Jack uh, Jack Warner uh, Sr. Uh, uh, also was not very faithful to his wife Anne and kept a series of mistresses throughout the 1950s and 60s. Um, the most enduring of these was an aspiring actress named Jackie Park, um, who people said bore a startling resemblance uh, to Anne. Um, the relationship would go on for four years until Anne pressed him to terminate the affair. Um, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like,
0: Anne knew about it?
2: Well, well, yeah, she she eventually, like, found out about it. I'm sure, like, it was, like, the talk of, like, the gossip rags and such.
0: And instead of being like, yo, go fuck yourself, we're done, she said, I, I just need you to stop.
2: Well, it's also, like, the 50s and, and, um, and the 60s, so it's not like... Women really have it's like, not like
0: she has any rights. What's well, all like no, she ha- There's no no fault well, divorce. Yeah, anything.
2: yeah. There's like <sighs> she, she'd have to probably go to like like Nevada in order to divorce.
0: I can't wait for Texas in the next. Eh, we'll say two or three years. This is going to be real fun. Keep an eye out there, gentlemen. Um, yeah, that's
1: that's a shit show there.
0: Um. No, so, I think they're signing it they're signing it into law in Texas. It's the only one party is gonna take to divorce in Texas.
1: They're not signing that into law, but some douchebag definitely brought up that he was gonna win after it or something like uh,
0: that. you're talking about fucking Texas. You know, goddamn into law. well that will get signed into law. I don't think it will.
2: Well all it will say is the divorce man is king in Texas. Um, <laughs> um so Park uh so Anne would later try to publish her memoirs um, describing uh, the affair, uh, but nothing would materialize from that. Um, and she did once have an affair with the studio actor the Eddie Albert.
1: Just keep dropping her story because Jack L. Warner got in there and fucked with
2: it. <laughs> yeah, like 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 It's like, Trump it's like when,
1: Car- like when Carmela Soprano tries to find a divorce attorney in New Jersey. <laughs> 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 Tony's already talked to all the lawyers.
0: The lawyers are like, "What's your last name?" And hey, Get if a
1: uh, blonde woman comes in here, I'll kill you. All right, bye.
2: Yeah, it's just just very much like the principal Skinner. Like, I hurt my hand in a boating accident. <laughs> <laughs> um, she did have an affair with the studio actor Eddie Albert in 1941, um, but um, she was more devoted to her marriage than the um, than her relationship with Eddie Albert um, than Jack was to his. Uh, his romance with Jackie Park. Um, In the 1960s, uh, she insisted that despite uh, his reputation for ruthlessness, uh, Warner had a softer side. Okay. Um, And uh, the author, uh, Dean Jennings, who assisted Jack on his 1964 autobiography, My First Hundred Years in Hollywood, and wrote, He is extremely sensitive, but there are few who know that because he covers it with a cloak. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I mean it's the 50s. You, you got be you gotta be masculine man. otherwise you' you're once again reverting back in the 50s. If, if you don't you're one of those dudes. Kinda well, like the well he's loafers, also he's, talks about you.
2: Well he's also a guy that was born before the 20th century.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: in the 1960s uh, uh, Jack would uh, sort of keep up with the rapid changes of the industry and played a key role in developing films that were commercial and critical successes. In February of 1962, he purchased the film rights for the Broadway musical My Fair Lady, um, paying uh, $6.5 million for it, which was unprecedented at the time. Um, The previous owner, uh, CBS director William S. Paley, set terms that included 50% of the uh, distributor's gross profits, plus ownership of the negative at the end of the contract. Um, Despite this uh, purchase price and the ungenerous terms of the contract, the deal proved uh, lucrative for Warner Brothers, securing the studio $12 million in profit. Gotta spend money to make money, baby. That's how it works. Um, Warner was also criticized for choosing a non-singing star, Audrey Hepburn, to play the uh, leading role of Eliza Doolittle in the 1964 Academy Award-winning film, uh, Dr. Doolittle, which she would win the Academy Award for Best Actress, or or I should say um, the Academy Award for Best Actress went to Julie Andrews, Who had played Eliza in both the Broadway and London productions of the musical uh, of Mary Poppins? Uh, And uh, Hepburn wasn't even nominated. Uh, But the film won Best Picture, uh, won the Best Picture Oscar in 1964. Which
0: Audrey Hepburn just like an
2: unknown person in the 60s? Well, no, wasn't that
0: why he would get criticized for
2: that? Well, it's the fact that she couldn't sing. She she's not a singer, and he gave her like a singing role. So
0: she was a trumpeter. I'm so saying, she, was she was she bad, <laughs> or was she just wasn't known for singing?
2: Well, she she she, she wasn't a singer, is what can't I mean. Carry, like,
0: can't carry a tune. Like just say she, she's trash. Then,
2: <laughs> well, I'm not saying she's trash. She's she's Audrey fucking Hepburn. But
1: that's what I mean, bro. Like, why would you criticize dude, that if she? Because, could been, like, at the time, she was considered Ryan. Like this this, this woman of elegance.
2: Woman, this woman. The this woman did ballet. For the for the resistance in the Netherlands against the Nazis to earn money, and she, it's I believe it's implied sick. that she also killed Germans during the war.
0: That's fucking sick. Why would you Dude, not Aubrey, want this woman Aub- in your Audrey movie, Atborn?
2: Yeah,
1: I didn't know she she killed Nazis. I knew about the ballet stuff. Bro, she
0: gets. I, I think by it's the, alleged that, I that she might have that
2: she might have like like killed a couple guys.
0: That's fucking. Uh, si- why would you not want this woman in your movie? Are you kidding me? But she, I'm she's, surprised she didn't kill whoever criticized Warner For putting
2: her in the movie <laughs> But she's she's very talented But she's obviously, you know, she's not a singer So why would you cast her As the lead female role in a musical
0: oh, Crazier things have happened Jesus, dude Let it go <laughs>
1: My god it's like every time he says it, you're like personally offended. Do you have a room in your house that's just covered in Audrey Hepburn? To be honest, no. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not a so college student, you, Ryan. <laughs> dude, you know, it's funny you say that because I was about to make a, a joke. There's, We were at an, an anime con one time at, um, oh shit, Swamp Con, I, which I think is up in Tallahassee, and uh, some dude was walking down the uh, breezeway where all the tables were, mm-hmm. and he had that like one of those shirts on where the whole side of the shirt is open. Full on Audrey Hepburn, Breakfast and Tiffany's tattoo, like covered his whole horse out. The fuck up, college <laughs> kid. <laughs> next, <laughs> next, <laughs> this guy was like, hipster, I'm way
0: beyond that. <laughs> Like I invented hipsterism. Yeah, Jesus. Um, in
2: 1965, uh, Warner would surprise many uh, people within the industry by purchasing the rights to "Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf," um, which is Albert Albee's play about a destructive marriage. Um, so this is like I've mentioned before. You know, we're still under the Hays Code, um, so this film's production is beset by controversy um, because it deals with um, it deals with the play. Uh, which is, like, sort of stretching the limits of the Hays Code to its limit, because, you know, it's talking about things like divorce and, like, bad marriages. Oh, God, you couldn't even talk about that, per the Hays Code? Yeah, like, there's, there's like, a lot of implications. Like, I was listening to a thing recently that was talking about, like, um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and in the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers, there, there's a line about, like, because, like, one of the plot points is that, like, the, the female love interest, like, she comes back to town, and she used to be married, and and someone drops the line, you know, she's been to Reno. Mm
0: -hmm. And
2: and the implication from that is that she's gotten divorced because she's been to, like, Nevada. Right. Um, So you can can talk about it in, like, coded phrases, but you can't have, like, an entire film that's about, like, a deteriorating marriage.
0: Right. Yeah, they didn't do that at the time. Um, Uh, So, okay, so just as a side real quick, I looked up this, the Hayes Code. What I
1: meant was they didn't have deteriorating mar- marriages at the time. They were all fine.
0: And I think the <laughs> funniest thing about it is the first thing on here says, pointed profanity by either title or lip. This includes the words God, Lord, Jesus, Christ. Those are two separate things. Uh, Christ, uh, and in parentheses, unless they be used reverently in connection with proper religious ceremonies. Hell, uh, S-O-B... L damn fart, <laughs> god with a W. That's god, okay. And every other profane and vulgar expression, however it may be spelled. Some of these are what? Okay, white slavery, not slavery. Hmm. White slavery. That's how I describe work. Uh, ridicule of clergy. <laughs> Don't talk about the priest. Don't talk about the father. Uh, arson. The use of firearms. Theft. Brutality. Methods of smuggling. Uh, sympathy for criminals, sedition. Uh, rape or attempted rape, that's fair. Why Why would that be in, like, you know, might be okay? That should be in hard no. fuck is wrong with you people? Uh, surgical operations, what?
1: You gonna read the whole Hayes Code?
0: No, I'm just kind of, like, just going to the very end of it now.
2: Oh, okay. Um, that's, that's but uh, Jack Valenti at the time, who had assumed leadership of the Motion Picture Association of America, recalled that a meeting with Warner and the studio aide Ben uh, Kalmanson left him, quote-unquote, uneasy. He said, I was uncomfortable with the thought that this was just the beginning of an unsettling new era in film in which we would lurch from crisis to crisis without any suitable solution in sight. Uh, (laughs) During this time, uh, Layman and the film's director, Mike Nichols, uh, battled with studio executives and exhibitors who insisted the film be shot in color rather than black and white. Um, These controversies would soon fade um, into the background, while Warner challenged the validity of the production code by publicly requiring theaters showing the film to post an adults-only label and restrict ticket sales accordingly, all as a marketing tease to uh, get audiences to see uh, what warranted that restriction. Um, Is so, this like the
0: OG NC-17 rating?
2: Because uh, they don't have ratings at this time, so yeah, but he's also doing it as a marketing ploy. Like, like, sort of like when they'd say, like, oh, this movie's so scary, like, like people had to be taken away by ambulance after seeing this. It's like, <laughs> oh, God. This, Such this, this, this movie's for adults only, Ryan. And if you know anything yeah. about Virginia Woolf, this yeah. is an adult thing. I mean, And I by that I mean to, like, it's, I it's kind of boring by the standards.
1: I've always been real careful. Like, when I was a kid and I was trying to watch a movie and, and my brothers were, like, telling me it was going to be good and it said adult situations, I got out of there because I listened.
2: that's what Steve did Steve sat down and he listened my favorite part
0: of growing up was when HBO and being at like my relative's house that had HBO when they first started talking about adult situations uh, mature content uh, nudity, sex, it was just like man listen this movie gets better by the second go to bed
2: and then when and then when Ryan then when Ryan saw real sex, then he was just like haunted for the rest of his life.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: I was. <laughs> the episode on bowling pins. <laughs> I,
0: that doesn't look comfortable. Why is she gonna? <gasps> oh my god! Now they're throwing balls at her. <laughs>
2: um, so the MPAA, um, because they they had had issues trying to censor another film called The Palm Broker, um, they gave in and approved the film as a special exception. Um, uh, because of its uh, quality, uh, which led other filmmakers to challenge the, the Hayes Code itself more aggressively. Um, uh, when Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf came out, it was a, a critical uh, success, and, and also a financial success. Um, yeah. It also secured...
1: Yeah, even though they forgot the apostrophe S in Virginia. you know,
2: um, And it also uh, secured <laughs> 13 nominations uh, uh, for Academy Awards, including Best Picture in 1966. Nice. Interesting. Um, so despite uh, these achievements, uh, Warner begins to become uh, wary of making films.
1: Steve, you need to refer to achievements as Cheevmos. Our audience <laughs> is not going to get it.
2: <laughs> he, had, he had gotten so many platinum trophies that he was tired of them.
1: <laughs> he platinum trophied his life.
2: Um, that, that, he be, that He began to become weary of making films... Um, And he sold a substantial amount of stock in the studio um, to seven arts productions in November 14th, 1966. Um, Some believe that, uh, that Ben Kalmanson, the the previously mentioned uh, executive vice president had persuaded him to sell his stock so that Kalmanson could assume leadership of the studio. Um, however, uh, Warner had personal reasons for seeking retirement. Um, his wife Anne was continually pressuring him to slow down, um, and that he felt he needed to put his affairs in order. Um, he sold his 1.6 million shares of the studio stock shortly after producing the film adaptation of Lerner and Lowe's Camelot. Never Uh, seen it. I think Steve's seen Camelot. Uh,
1: I have, but it's been a really long time. I'm going to put that on my, to rewatch.
0: Not it's not like. Oh, never mind. Actually,
2: his no, his sale after after capital gains tax would uh would net him twenty four million dollars, which in today's uh, money is the equivalent of uh, one hundred ninety four million dollars.
0: Good lord!
2: Um, eight months after the sale, uh, Jack would quip, "Who would ever have thought that a butcher boy from Youngstown, Ohio, would end up with twenty four million smackers in his pocket?" Um. And he had also that's,
0: after that, that, that's cold hard take home. Yeah, pay. Oof. yeah. And, and then he
1: like. Oof. And then after he said that, him and several bulldozers and trucks pulled his gigantic pocket down the road, <laughs> flipped
0: him upside down, grounded by his ankles, and started shaking. All right, boys, we're moving.
2: As he as he felt his screech... As he 24 filled his,
0: million smackers in here
2: As he filled his Scrooge McDuck vault And jumped into it and immediately <laughs> concussed himself Why does he
1: himself. do that? Why does he carry all that money in his pocket? He hates banks
0: He doesn't trust he them
1: hates bank, He just, just has banks. He just <laughs> he has like a mattress.
2: gigantic wallet That he wears like a backpack
1: <laughs> uh, That's great
2: um, he also it's cutting-edge um, stuff here. After that, he also earned the distinction of being the second production chief to also serve as company president, the first being Columbia Pictures' Harry Cone. Um, Warner Brothers uh, would publicly support uh, Richard Nixon during the 1960s. I don't know
1: about you, but when I'm at Dairy Queen and I get a <laughs> Harry Cone, I send it back.
2: Um, Jack-, Jack Warner himself, while he was president during the nineteen sixty presidential election, uh, he paid for uh, full-page ads in the New York Times to proclaim uh, why Nixon should be elected. Um, in the wake of Nixon's loss to John F. Kennedy, uh, the studio made arrangements to attend a fundraiser at the Hollywood Palladium in honor of President-elect John F. Kennedy. Um, several Just weeks-
1: fucking Nixon ads. Just, why, Nixon? I don't see you coming up with any better <laughs> ideas. <laughs> Aru. <laughs> <laughs> um, so several,
2: several weeks after this, uh, Warner would receive a call from the new chief uh, executive's father, uh, Joseph P. Kennedy, and within a short time, Warner Brothers purchased the film rights for Robert Donovan's book PT 109, which is which was the best-selling book concerning uh, John F. Kennedy's uh, tenure in World War II. His I was going to
0: say, you said Joseph Kennedy. Boat. That's 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 Pops,
1: right? That's dad yeah. It's Kennedy, that's right? John F. Kennedy's That's, dad. that's the that's yeah, the rum runner. Yeah. Just OG Kennedy, the criminal.
2: Yeah, the uh, the the <laughs> Nazi, the Nazi lover. Every,
1: every goddamn relative. Joe Kennedy was nothing but a goddamn run run.
2: They, they used to make fun of Joe Kennedy during the Blitz because he was like he like immediately wanted them to surrender and he was just being like a complete bitch about it. And then just like the English would just like roast him about it. Joe Kennedy. Yeah, Joe Kennedy, because he <clears throat> was because he was the ambassador to England or the UK during the war. Uh Call them Joe the Joke. Um, He said, I don't think President Kennedy would object to my friendship with Dick Nixon. Um, I would have voted for both of them if I could. You might think this a form of fence straddling, but I love everybody. Um, And in the late 1960s as well, he would become an outspoken proponent of the Vietnam War. Um, So his decision to uh, sell came at a time when he was losing... Ability to sort of like effectively run the studio. Um, he had survived, you know, what the 1950s had brought with the rise of television when other studio heads, including um, Mayer, uh, David o. Selznick, and Samuel Goldwyn, uh, were pushed out by stockholders who, quote unquote, sought uh, scapegoats for dwindling profits. Um, the industry was also changing structurally. Um, and during this period, ensured that studios would become, quote unquote, more important as backers of independent producers than as creators of their own films, um, which left a little room for sort of like these old school Hollywood uh, moguls. And, and by that's
1: basically how the system works now, right?
2: Well, yeah, it's all just like individual producers. There, there's right. not some guy at the top and he's like, now we're going to make a movie. It's going to be the greatest movie you've ever heard. It's called Casablanca. <laughs> um, by the mid-1960s uh, most of the most of the other moguls um, uh, Mug- uh, from the uh, golden age of Hollywood had, uh, had died or been pushed out and Warner was regarded as sort of like the last of a dying breed um, there was also evidence of his ability uh, to control Warner Brothers eroding um, including his failure to block production of a controversial um, and highly influential film Bonnie and Clyde a project that he hated. Um, similarly, as when he was a producer of a film adaptation of Camelot, which is mentioned previously, he was unable to persuade the director Joshua Logan to cast Richard Burton and Julie Andrews as the leading roles. Um, instead, Logan selected Richard Harris and Vanessa Redgrave, a move that would make the movie um, a critical and commercial failure. <coughs> Um, a, 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 another factor that, that sort of added to um, Jack Warner's sort of like fading ability to run the company was that Wogan uh, was able to manipulate Warner's ego um, to persuade him uh, from cutting the screenplay's length, uh, despite the fact that uh, Warner had already agreed that the film's, uh, with the film's unofficial producer, uh, Joel Freeman, that the movie was too long. Um, and Warner would officially retire from the studio in 1969. Um
1: that's he remakes the uh, John Mellencamp songs about.
2: <laughs> it's true. No, it's
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's
2: true, Ryan. It's all true.
0: That's the that's the Smashing Pumpkins 1969. Uh, that's what it's about. <laughs> that's yeah. 1970. When, when Billy Pumpkin
2: when Billy oh. Pumpkins was a boy during that time period, he
1: Also, it's 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 Brian Adams. I don't know why I get it confused. <laughs>
2: Um, Warner would also remain as an independent producer until the early 1970s, and he would run some of the company's distributions and um, exhibition division. Um, among his last productions were a film adaptation of the Broadway musical 1776, which was released through Columbia Pictures. Um, before, the, before the film released, uh, Warner showed a preview cut to President Richard Nixon who had recommended substantial changes, including the removal of the oh, song... I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> you,
1: just, including, you just want to change one or two things for me. In,
2: including <laughs> the removal of the song Cool, Cool, Considerate Men, which struck him as being a veiled criticism of the Vietnam War.
1: I, I don't like that, cause I think that criticized the Vietnam War. <laughs> um,
2: without consulting with the film's director... Peter H. Hunt, <laughs> uh, fucking
1: Henry Kissinger in the corner, just
0: yes.
2: <laughs> <coughs> you know that fucking piece of shit is still alive. Yeah, he's a, he just turned a hundred.
0: It's May. It was his birthday. It is May twenty seventh, twenty twenty three. What do you think the point of killing as, all those people was, listen, Ryan? Listen, if listen, anything, but to gain the blood of immortality.
1: Of I just, immortality.
0: I just, I just. It is May twenty seventh, twenty twenty three, and Henry Kissinger is still alive. And it is horrific that this dude is, is that, still
1: living. You know, we gotta have a talk with, uh, about your socialization. Because is that how you respond to people when they say good morning to you? <laughs> <laughs>
0: You should. That's exactly you know, what let I me do next like, hey, morning. It's May 28th,
1: 2023. Henry Kissinger is still alive. Here's
0: my five bucks, <laughs> Dunkin'
1: Donuts person. <laughs> <laughs> Shit.
0: Sometimes I switch it up. Sometimes it's like it's May 27th, 2023, and Margaret Thatcher is still dead. Thank you. Have a nice day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, sounds like a great day ahead. See you. <laughs> <laughs> I never heard of someone say that before until I like started dealing with Indian call centers back in the uh, like early two thousands. Have a great day ahead, sir. What <laughs> this
0: is looking awesome?
2: Um. So Jack, without consulting with the film's director uh, Peter H Hunt, he has the film re-edited to cut out that song. Um, yeah. th- those cuts have all been restored in most TV showings and in the in the <laughs> in the DVD and and Take other that, releases Warner. of the film. Um, but Nixon. But but he just sort of overstepped and had that done. Oh, Nixon, right, right. My bad. Well, it was Jack Warner who had it done, because he's like, Nixon doesn't like it, we're cutting it.
0: Yeah, so fuck you, Nixon, it's
1: back in now, prick. <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> lie. Okay, so we're both right. I just said it wrong. Okay.
2: Um, in November of 1972, uh, the film would open to um, to enthusiastic like the, uh, audiences. Like the
1: Smashing Pumpkin song? Yeah. 1972.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> um, but,
2: 1972. <laughs> but it would be a. Something's uh,
1: not right about this, Billy. I think we should change it. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't
0: sound right. It doesn't flow.
2: <laughs> but the uh, film itself would be a critical failure. Um, so, uh, faced <laughs> with sort of like the political climate in America at that time, uh, few Americans were drawn to sort of like a cheery, quote unquote, a cheery exercise in pre-Republic civics. Um... Uh Warner's That's a weird effort- way to put don't, don't to it, it in my it
1: face. If you introduced like an evening to me that way, I would not be interested, you know?
2: Uh Warner's efforts to promote the <laughs> film as well. Um were also considered so offended. Were considered counterproductive. Uh during an interview with uh Merv Griffin, uh he um he gaged in a lengthy uh tirade against quote unquote Pinko communists. Um Grinkles. what the fuck is a Pinko, bro? It it means that they're like that they're red, but not like entirely red. Like like instead of being like full on communists, like they're communist sympathizers. The communist they're, light. They're they're so, so close they're to being communists that they're that they're pink instead of red.
0: They are what my grandfather used to get out of a traffic ticket when a cop pulled them over and said, "Why'd you run that red?" He said, "The the light wasn't red; it was pink." That kind of shit. Uh, this
2: this interview with Merv Griffin <laughs> would be his only interview, ever. Like on Murph television. Griffin? Really? Yeah, did yeah. One his only, his he only did one. His only television interview show, was with Merv Griffin.
1: Is that is that just a form of like uh, the Berenstein Bear thing? Is that what?
0: <laughs> Jesus? Just one interview his entire life
2: on really? on TV.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but oh, okay, way. so he did a couple like via cassette. He definitely did one for Playboy, guaranteed. he uh, was interviewed in Playboy at some point. Yeah. By the
2: end of 1973. Um, those closest to him were aware of signs that he was becoming disoriented. Um, oh, no. Um, shortly after losing his way in the building that housed his office, uh, Warner retired. Checking for a UTI. He's getting confused. Number one cause of confusion in the elderly UTI. In
0: 1974, that's, that's
2: true story. He, in 1974, he suffered a stroke uh, that left him both blind and enfeebled.
0: Oh man, I that's not how.
2: No, I don't. Um, during during the following years, he would lose the ability to speak and became unresponsive to uh, friends and relatives. And this on- is
0: why I wholeheartedly believe you should be able to ask for euthanasia because that's a terrible way to live, man. If you, if you okay, if you didn't want to live like that, Gary if he's Glitter. Happy, Gary Glitter had some euthanasia. <laughs> <I'm> t- <laughs> Listen, I'm just saying. If you want to live like that, right? If you don't mind that, fine, it, whatever. But if you don't want to live like that, you should not be forced to. Nah, I,
1: I, I'm, I totally agree with that. And I forget which state Steve might now off the top of his head. Which state just passed that? Washington Rankin.
0: has had it where it's with a medical physician and I want to see psychiatric reviews whatever. too, but like, dude, if you're in your deathbed, I'm, it's if there's almost no inhumane chance to say, no, you have to live this. out. Yeah.
1: If there's oh. no chance, it's like the, it's like the opposite of the abortion argument, right? Right. It's like, if you, you know, you won't, you won't let me choose on the way in. You won't let me choose on the way out. Make, make up your fucking mind. <laughs> uh.
2: um, over the next several years from this point, he would gradually lose the ability to speak, and um, as I mentioned, became unresponsive to friends. Um, and finally, on August thirteenth, nineteen seventy-eight, he would be admitted to Cedar Sinai Hospital, uh, where he died of heart inflammation on I'll tell you September 9th
1: God rest in peace. Uh, F in the chat, but I don't. I don't want anyone to bring me anywhere near Cedar Sinai Hospital. Why every, that, like that? every time a
0: celebrity dies, they're dying there. You know, I think they're killing them in there. That's well, what I think like the, If all the celebrities die in there, <laughs> it's probably like the nicest hospital in they're, LA. Then they're,
2: they're all they're all in a line, and then they just like like cattle. They step up, and then the bolt yeah. gun just goes to their I, forehead. It seems like I can tell
0: you why now. Britney Spears is not going to LA General, LA County like, General Hospital. Uh,
1: it seems like the Betty Ford Clinic. She's is going
2: to Las too, Cruces like. General. Hospital.
1: It seems like it seems like if you get put in the Betty Ford Clinic, you eventually become like an exceptional alcoholic. You know, like at some point. Yeah, of you course.
2: Um, he would be 86 years old at the time of his death. Um, a funeral That's service. A a funeral service was held for him at the Wilshire Boulevard Temple, um, which was the uh, the synagogue that his family uh, frequented, um, and he was interred at the Home of Peace Cemetery in East Los Angeles, California.
1: Uh, so, how when he died, how wealthy was he?
2: Um, at the time of his death, his estate was estimated to be fifteen million dollars, which is um, like
0: six billion today's
2: money, right? Which which at that time is going to be like over a hundred million dollars.
0: Because Lord.
2: Much of this was the uh, much of the Warner estate, which included uh, property and memorabilia, was given to. Actually,
1: seems a little low.
2: Which was uh, bequeathed to his widow Anne. Um, He also left two hundred thousand dollars to his estranged son uh, Jack Jr., um, which was believed to be an effort to discourage him from contesting the will. That's
0: wow. Okay.
2: um, In the days following his death. Uh, newspaper obituaries recounted the uh, the story of "quote unquote" the four brothers who left the family butcher shop for uh, for Nickelodeons um, and went on to revolutionize American cinema. Uh, Nickelodeon,
0: like like uh, like Doug and Rugrats. And yeah, and like uh,
2: global guts. Nick, Nick, you Nick, know, Nick,
0: Nick, Nick, Nick. <laughs> Nickelodeon. Now let's go to Mo. Mo.
1: Let's go to Mo for the scores. Mo. Well, Mike, we've got Jack Wanna dead, so. <laughs> God. Won. one, Jack zero. Jack wanna zero. Back to you. Thanks, Mo. Guts. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, man. But- you guys remember the episode of Guts where Jack L. Warner died? <laughs> He fell off the aggro crag. <laughs> it's pretty fucking brutal, dude. He hit. I mean, that thing was sharp. Right?
2: I remember the episode he was yeah. in on Nick Arcade where he where he got put into the yeah. video game and he had to do What's
1: it. What's that it dude's name? Awesome. The, um, the guy the game that did Nick Stroke Arcade. They put him in Nick Arcade. Wasn't that? It was that black dude. It was the, uh, the, like, the Phil,
0: not Phil Lamar. It was Lamar. Uh, yeah, it was something. Fuck, I can't remember what his last name was. I'm gonna but look it was, it up. His first name was Lamar.
2: Um, ah, shit, you're right. so in the days, no, fa-
1: Phil Moore, Phil Moore, Phil
2: Moore. I think you're thinking yeah.
0: of Phil Lamar. i probably am,
2: yeah. Um, a front page story in, in Youngstown, Ohio, um, featured accounts of his family's pre Hollywood struggles there, describing how Warner drove a wagon for his family's business when he was only seven years old. Um, he was widely eulogized for his role in quote unquote, uh, shaping Hollywood's golden age. I'm sorry.
0: Did they, they said that how it was a, a tough a struggle that he was driving a wagon when he was seven years old? Like at seven, you're already supposed to have a full time job, benefits. I'm surprised he's not you definitely a kid need a wagon. At seven. You know, I had
2: a you wagon. You know, he's already at smoking eight. at least a pack a day a at that point. Warmer. You know, he's got no, enough Marlboro dude. miles to go to the the ranch.
1: Yeah, <laughs> to buy a movie theater he's, and start his
0: own company. He's got a three. Uh, he bought three the Marlboro projector. Habit. The three, the three of those XXX bottles a day habit.
2: Um, several I months, love XXX. Several <laughs> months after Warner's death, um, a more personal tribute was organized by, quote unquote, the Friends of the Libraries at the University of Southern California. Um, the event was called The Colonel, an Affectionate Remembrance of Jack L. Warner, uh, which included Hollywood notables such as uh, Olivia de Havilland, uh, Debbie Reynolds, and Mel Blanc.
1: Olivia de Havilland, and Charo
2: twice. Um, uh, Blanc would close out the event with doing Porky Pig's famous farewell saying, a bee bee bee, a bee bee bee, that's all, folks.
0: Shut the fuck up! <laughs> he did not. He did. Yeah, he closed out a funeral saying that's all
2: What It was a remembrance. It wasn't a funeral. And he did saying, it that's all, that's all, that's in like
1: a very like somber tone too, you know. <laughs>
0: that's all folks.
2: Uh Warner, uh, due to his contributions to the uh, motion picture industry, was given a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, which is located at uh sixty-five forty-one Hollywood Boulevard. Um, he's also on Canada's Walk of Fame. Uh, where he was inducted in 2004 in Toronto, um, which is sort of like the same, but for Canadians that excel in like all fields.
0: Okay. That's interesting.
2: And that is okay. the tale of Jack L. Warner.
1: I was going to say, if you went on any longer, it's taking this guy way too long to die, you know. <laughs> Just die already. <laughs> We're all going there. What's was this, Terry Shive I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> this is terrible.
2: And on that note...
1: <laughs> and, on the, and on the Terry Shivo note,
0: whoa, 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 good whoa. I was saying, perpetual Terry Sh- good night. Good I luck. was saying Terry Schmidt. You, who is Terry Shavo? Oh yeah, you said Schmidt.
1: Sorry, I just got confused. Beep <laughs> it, uh, beep, beep, beep. beep, beep. Uh, that's all, folks. Bye. Bye.